0: Give us some men who know the truth
1: and who will declare the truth and who will stand with Athanasius and Polycarp and Calvin and Luther and Whitfield and Edwards and who will declare from the housetops that the gospel is the power of
0: God unto salvation. serious
1: We got a doozy for you today because we're going back across the pond today. Mm. You you heard the mm. mmm. You heard the mmm. It's not just me and the crazy voices in my head. We are being joined by Lou. Well,
2: the craziest voice of them all.
1: (laughs) I keep telling you, the four out of the five voices in my head keep telling me to go back to sleep. I just don't listen. (laughs) Nice. Well, we're going to have fun because we are here to tell you that how you think matters. Even to them. Even to them. Even to them, and you're gonna be like, "What? What do you mean, even
2: to them?" We'll yeah. It. Who?
1: As someone, as I once famously asked in a meeting, "Who are they?" <laughs> and then I was informed, "They are them, those that are not us."
2: <laughs> <laughs> and was that the third or the fourth voice? Exactly. Yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, I kept, I kept getting these anonymous complaints that there were people that were upset and they were unhappy, and I was like, "Well, who are they?" And nobody would ever tell me who they were, and then friend I was like, it, was, it, it, it is them." those that are not us
2: that is wonderful
1: (laughs) and i was like okay well from now on they can bite me (laughs) because we don't care until they have a name but we will name them shortly first 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 we must establish a baseline for this conversation don't ask me why i decided to do that yeah no idea all right matthew 22 shall we have some fun and see how wrong we can get this we shall wait that's not the goal we want to see how right we can get this (laughs) (laughs) gotta make sure you're paying attention all right so this is because you can sort of airdrop into this but this is jesus during the passion week so the triumphal entry was last chapter The cleansing of the temple was last chapter. The going in and out of the temple area was last chapter. We've had several parables leading into this chapter. There will be more teaching in the next chapter, if you ever want to have some fun, you're in a bad mood, and you want to be depressed, go read Matthew 23. And Jesus talked about people like that. <laughs> the woes against the scribes and the Pharisees. If you're in a bad mood and you want to hate somebody, read that chapter. It That's will, a good chapter. It will definitely wind you up, though, to 11. You'll be you'll be ready to run through a brick wall and be like, yeah, you got him! So, but anyway, before you get there, you have to go through here. And here is where you begin to see the challenges to Jesus' authority. The Sadducees, the Pharisees, have conspired together to try to trap Jesus. The enemy of my enemy is my friend in this case. Mm -hmm. As the Pharisees and Sadducees are now working together, and the Pharisees, of course, get to go first. So, the Pharisees went and plotted together how they might trap trap him in what he said. If I could read, we would be all set. We'd be all set, yeah. And they sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians. Now, there's a group, by the way. Just, you ever want to see... what the enemy of the enemy is, my friend, looks like. It's bad enough ideologically that the Pharisees and the Sadducees are working together. Like, theologically, they hate each other. Right. Politically and socially, they hate each other as well, though. The Sadducees are primarily priests in and around the temple. The Pharisees are primarily experts and people living their lives out in the countryside amongst the people. Right, right. They're in the synagogues. The Herodians are like a whole different animal. Because always remember this rule, by the way. The Herods, because keeping New Testament Herods straight is more complicated than English royalty in the Middle Ages. The Herods are not Jews, despite the fact that they rule in Judea. They rule at the behest of Rome, but Herod the Great is an Idumean. He's an Edomite. He's from Esau. So he's just politically connected. So most of the Herodian court is not, at the higher echelons, Jewish. So if you're a Jew and you're a Herodian, which is more of a political designation at this point, then you are siding with foreigners who have sided with other foreigners to exercise dominion over Israel. Are you with me so far? All right. All right. You're, you're like lower on the totem pole than tax collectors. Like at least the tax collectors are Jews that directly cooperated with Rome. The Herodians are going through a middleman to cooperate with Rome, to oppress the people of God. Right. So I mean, there. This is like now. Take that group, and tell me how well you think they'd get along with experts in Leviticus. Like.
0: Oh man. You're trying,
1: I'm trying, to trying to picture that, yeah You're trying to picture. You're trying to picture some dude with like the little top hat and the little, you know, there are little curly cues at the sideburns. Yep. And and some dude with like gold rings and a Roman purple toga strolling up. You're like, hey, man, let's work together.
2: That's, no, that's that. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's funny. I'm
1: picturing. i characters from Aladdin here, and I don't yep. know why. <laughs> that's
2: that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, man, this sounds like Aladdin to me. <laughs>
1: And just picturing them walking up to an Orthodox Jew and being like, "Let's you and me, let's get together," no, <laughs> not just no, but like, no, 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 go away.
2: Yeah, it's like oil and water.
1: <clears throat> yeah, but and yet, this is the level of threat that Jesus has risen to.
2: Right.
1: And, and this is not necessarily directly related to what we're going to talk to. Actually, you know what? I take that back. This is directly related to what we're going to talk about today because. When you realize the global threat that Jesus poses, let's break down for a second all the groups. Okay. So Pharisees. Right. How does Jesus threaten the Pharisees? Well, the Pharisees have an improper understanding of the Old Testament. Right. But their improper understanding of the Old Testament is the foundation for all of their authority. All of it. Mm-hmm. If their theology is proven to be false, their authority evaporates overnight. Mm. And not just their authority, but their entire lives, the way they eat their food, the way they go to work, the way they raise children, the way they live as married couples are dependent upon this false understanding of the law. Undermine that. You are undermining who they are at their core. Right. You're not just undermining what they do on the weekends. You're undermining the entirety of their existence. Right. It's
2: <clears throat> yeah, he was in their face a lot. I mean, they neither Jesus or his disi- they, or his disciples they par- they didn't participate in the traditions of the elders. No, in so the traditions constantly... of the
1: elders govern everything.
2: Absolutely. I
1: mean, not some of life. Yeah. I can't come up with a modern equivalent. I I really can't. Um, it's it's almost the closest equivalent I could have would be like imagine you lived into your thirties uh, believing in the Easter Bunny. He's not (laughs) real. But imagine you were like 35 years old, and then someone proved to you the Easter Bunny didn't exist. Mm -hmm. Like, what would that do to your brain? Like, how would that break you?
2: I have questions. You're 35. (laughs) 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 Work with me here. All right, all right. right. But you see what I'm getting at? You've
1: made it into adulthood. Now, like... The entire calendar of your world, because if there's no Easter Bunny, then there's probably no leprechauns, and there's probably no Santa Claus, and there's probably—do you see what I'm getting at? Like Absolutely, the entirety yeah. of how you live your life is 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 switched up and undone. Yeah, it's one thing when you do that to six-year-olds; it's another thing when you do that to thirty-six-year-olds. Right, that's the Pharisees at this point. Uh, it, it's almost like when you. Oh, never mind. No, no, no. They've
2: they questioned his authority all the time. Yes, and, they, and, when and they've they, lost every Yes, time. every single time. And, and now they're resorting to trying to make him an enemy yes. of the state. If well, because you will. he
1: is an enemy of the state, if you think about it. So he is. There's how he's challenging the Pharisees. How does he challenge the Herodians? Well, simple. If Jesus is the Messiah of Israel, and he is, but if he's going to usher in God's kingdom, then whose kingdom is going to go out?
2: There's. Well, aren't they usurping you know, the Davidic line anyway? Well, they
1: are, but they don't care. My, yeah. th- my point is if, yeah. if he actually establishes a proper Davidic line mm-hmm. and actually delivers Israel, then Rome is out. And if Rome is out and your authority is based on Rome, then you're out as well. So the Herodians have a problem.
2: Yeah, they have vested interest. Yes. Yeah.
1: Sadducees, priests, sacrifice, all the, the, the accoutrements of what goes on at the temple if jesus is the fulfillment of these things and he is the one to whom worship is owed then what happens to our lamb racket what happens to the tithes and offerings of the temple if this worship is centered on something or someone else then it's not centered on us and to quote the great prophet mel brooks our phony baloney jobs (laughs) which means we have to protect that at what cost what cost would you justify in attacking um The zealots have a problem with Jesus because the zealots are being challenged because they want to conquer Rome. They want to usher in the kingdom of Israel, but how? At the end of the dagger.
2: Well, yeah, and they needed a leader. And And Jesus Jesus has passed
1: on that how many times? Yeah, many. The zealots are sitting there thinking, dude, take up the mantle already and and let's let's get to work. But -hmm. Jesus is not interested in that work, so that's challenging their authority because now there is a rival kingdom of God's people that is being ushered in in a way other than what they're calling for. Mm-hmm. So if you are a political, theological, or social group in Israel, Jesus' ministry is challenging you at your very core identity. That's why they are willing to overlook petty differences like uh, complete theological disagreements Oh yeah. in order to work together. Why they're willing to overlook things like, we love the law and you love paganism, but... He over there is a bigger threat, so let's see if we can figure this out. That's what you're seeing here. And remember that lesson about how Jesus attacks culture. We're going to come back to that. So Pharisees and Herodians. Uh, teacher, we know that you are truthful and teach the way of God in truth and defer to no one, for you are not partial to any. <laughs> Man. Nice. You know, buttering up much here? <laughs> Tell us then, what do you think? Is it lawful to give a poll tax to Caesar or not? Now this would be an interesting little question, because remember, taxes in this world are a really nebulous thing. And I'm actually—why does this keep working out? I'm actually reading a book right now that's arguing for the, um, the tax code as being one of the things that keeps the Roman Empire together. Is basically the collecting of taxes that defines the Roman Empire.
2: Well, something that has to pay oh. for the war machine, right? Well, it's not and, just that. Because they're like the how aristocrats. Do you,
1: how do you govern in ancient times where you don't have emails and drones and stuff? How do you govern the entire Mediterranean world? Because that's what Rome was doing. right? And the answer is basically taxes. We don't care what you do politically. We don't care what you do locally. We don't care how many peasants the Herodians kill. We don't care how many people he beheads as long as... I don't have to send in the legions, and as long as we get our tax money, we don't care what happens. Which means the Roman Empire was really more like a conglomerate of local empires than it was some massive thing. The thing that held it together was, you cash the checks, and or we cash your checks, and don't make us send in the army, because that's going to end badly for you. Mm-hmm. So it's fascinating, because you kind of see that in the, in the localities, because what ends up happening in this world is if you want to be a tax collector, you have to, it's, it's like the mob. You got to buy in. You don't just get to like apply for the job at your That's local zip recruiter. Hated. Yeah. yeah. You, well, the, we're going not quite, but not just there. Like, you don't just post your resume on a bulletin board and they come by and be like, oh, he'd be he, he a qualified tax collector. No, you had to pay for the right. And you had to pay big bucks for the right. Now, how do you recoup your money?
2: Well, well you if, charge more than you should. Well, if the
1: poll tax is one penny. You charge three. (laughs) One for the taxes, two for my pocket. Mm -hmm. And what would end up happening is a lot of these guys would try to buy up multiple positions and then hire underlings, which means I now have employees.
2: (laughs) Sounds like the IRS.
1: Well, it is. I mean, this is what always happens. Mm -hmm. And so what ends up happening is it's bad enough that we got to pay taxes to Rome, but now you're price gouging our taxes because you had to pay for the privilege of collecting the taxes for Rome. Right. So the poll tax wasn't just the poll tax wasn't just viewed in 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 isolation as a tax. It was viewed in when you're asking this question, the people would have been very interested because everyone would have agreed the way that the taxes are collected is immoral. Now, if the way it's done is immoral, and no one is doing it in a moral manner, then can the argument be made that the institution itself is immoral? It's immoral? Yes, the institution. So what I'm saying is, if everyone collects taxes in an evil manner, how long does it take before the people start to think that taxes are the problem?
2: Oh, yeah, immediately.
1: And that's where this question's hitting at. You have the immoral implementation of Rome's proper authority. So Rome, as the rulers, have the right to collect taxes. So Mm -hmm. stipulated? Sure. But if everyone does it in an illegal and immoral manner... Does Rome still have the right to do it? That's basically the question that's being asked here. That's what's underlying it for the crowd. That's how they would have understood this. Hmm. Because you're getting... Now, here's the problem. As that understanding, is that a proper understanding of taxation in and of itself? Taxes are immoral because the way you collect them is evil
2: no that's not it's not any no which is
1: why though this is a great question because Mm -hmm. it's a trick Mm -hmm. because where is jesus's protection come from as far as the pharisees sadducees herodians are concerned why haven't they killed him yet
2: well the people they were afraid of the people
1: there's because these massive crowds are everywhere he goes
2: they they believed he was a prophet do you see what the
1: attack do you see what the attack is right here what are we doing
2: I see what you're. I see what you're getting at. Yeah, I think I think that's that's very. We're very trying valid. to
1: undermine Jesus in the mind of the crowds. That way, they won't care yeah. if we kill him. Yeah.
2: Well, that, and I think they were trying to get him in trouble with the powers that be. Well, again, so th- so either yeah. either
1: so here's your catch twenty two. If you're Jesus, always remember what a catch twenty two is. This is it's um oh is it Casparian? I can't remember the I I read it in high school and I can't remember the name, the author. But the catch twenty two is you can be discharged from the military if you're insane. So this is the theory behind the book. Is your, the, the, what happened is, is these bomber guys, these uh, bomber crews, were running mission after mission after mission. And what was supposed to happen is after 25 missions, I think, you were supposed to go home. But they didn't have enough people to replace the crews, and they needed the bombers. So these guys were running 30 and 40 missions. Oh, man. So the only way out of the rotation was either to be replaced, but we didn't have a replacement, or you had to get a Section 8. Mm -hmm. you had to be declared insane so you could go home so here's the catch 22 the guy's argument was I'm insane because I've gone on 40 bombing missions and only a lunatic would go on 40 bombing missions
2: can't argue with that one. and
1: that was what the higher up said but the problem is because you recognize that you're insane you're not insane
2: Ah. (laughs) therefore
1: you have to go on the missions only an insane person would go on the missions but because you're going on the mission you're acknowledging that you're insane therefore you're sane that's the catch 22 (laughs) <laughs> you're trapped.
2: I can't. No wait matter to... how you do it, you're stuck. Right. I can't wait to people hear this this episode. <laughs> They're gonna be like,
1: <sighs> "It's it's actually a really fascinating book because it's basically a look at what happens to the human mind as it starts breaking in combat." Oh, okay. It's, it's quite good. The movie's not quite as good, but the book is phenomenal. What's the name of the book again? Catch-22.
2: Catch-22. That's where
1: the phrase comes from. Okay. Catch-22 is a no-win situation, but that's the original no-win situation is you have to prove you're insane by doing the insane thing, but by proving you're insane for doing the insane thing, you're actually proving your sanity. <laughs>
2: I'm about to look that up. It's
1: awesome. Uh, <clears throat> that's the Catch-22. It's either say something that's going to annoy the crowds and alienate them, Mm-hmm. Or say something that's going to feed the crowd's frenzy and thus alienate you from Rome and put you in a position where the Romans will take care of you for us. That's where they're trying to stick Jesus. Yep, I agree. Jesus perceived their malice and said, why are you testing me, you hypocrites? (laughs) (laughs) I love that they come in and they're like, oh, teacher, you are truthful and honest in everything. And Jesus is like, look, losers.
2: (laughs) You (laughs) hypocrites.
1: That's my favorite. Show me the coin used for the poll tax, and they brought him a denarius. He said to them, "Whose likeness and inscription is this?" They said to him, "Caesar's." So Jesus said to them, "Then render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's." And hearing this, they were amazed, and leaving him, they went away. In other words, whose coin is it?
2: It belongs to Caesar. It belongs anyway. to Caesar. So He's Caesar says, "I want some. my coin back." Give it back to him. You give him back his coin.
1: Yep. However. <laughs> You also render what is due to God, which means – you want to see who nails this? First Peter 3 nails this and Romans 13 nails this. Okay. When Caesar demands of you the things that he thinks he is owed, what should you do? You give it to him. Unless what? Unless that thing is immoral hmm. or it is evil or it violates the law of God in some shape or form, form or fashion. For then sure. you are still to render unto God. Right. Now, if I have to choose between rendering service unto God or rendering service unto government – Government's got to take a long walk off a short pier. That's just how this has to happen. There can't be a middle ground. I have to have a life lived unto the glory of God because that is what Scripture calls me to. Anything less than that is a surrender and a failure in sanctification. Therefore, Mm -hmm. when government demands something that is immoral, I have to refuse. Even if they think they are due that due diligence.
2: Even if it means your life.
1: Even if it does, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Now
2: yeah.
1: it's a brilliant answer because the crowds are like, you know, he's got a point. It's Caesar's coin. But we live for which yeah. is what is Jesus' entire ministry been about up until this point. Mm-hmm. And Matthew, <clears throat> always remember, always remember, quick quick exit ramp right here. Your gospels are not modern historical texts. Okay? Just always remember that, please. Mm-hmm. We mess this up because we go, oh, these are narrative histories, so we hold them like they're like the history book you read in the seventh grade. No, 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 they're not written like that. The history book you read in the seventh grade was specifically written in a certain in a chronological order to present things in a linear fashion, fashion to make them easier for you to understand. Right. Ancient history was not so. <laughs> Ancient history was was. I'm not going to say written with fiction in mind, but the way you would present it is almost the way that fiction presents things. They're trying to communicate something by presenting you the historical facts. This is why you can see, even in the synoptic gospels, different wordings and different orders and things. Mm-hmm. Because what you're getting is a presentation of who Jesus is according to what he did and how, into how he taught and what he taught that demonstrates something about him. Right. Right. So Matthews is really simple. Matthew's entire function, the reason why he starts where he starts and why he has an infancy narrative and Mark doesn't, is because Matthew is trying to prove that Jesus is Messiah. The king who has come, the righteous fulfillment of all of those promises. That's why you have all those Old Testament references in Matthew that you don't get in Mark. Matthew's writing in and around Jerusalem, most likely. He's writing to a predominantly Hebrew audience, mm-hmm. and he's writing to explain that, hey, this Jesus is the fulfillment of all of these things. That's why from Adam, through Abraham, yeah. from the line of David, that's why the out of Egypt I have called my son. That's why the Sermon on the Mount is expanded like it is, because it's demonstrating a a submission to a, what's supposed to be for the people, a submission to and trust in God and not themselves. It's a constant looking beyond If you want an orderly history, the closest you're going to get in your Gospels is Luke. Because Luke tells you that was like his goal. But even Luke doesn't do that perfectly well according to modern standards because if you actually read Luke, Luke marches. And Mm -hmm. I I always remember this because I preached through Luke what feels like a lifetime ago. Um, Starting around chapter 9-ish, Jesus is all the way out of Israel in the far reaches Mm -hmm. of um, up, up near syria the rest of the book of luke is a systematic march south to jerusalem okay now in order to do that you have to maybe move some of the teaching things around but gee but luke is presenting a systematic view and he's doing it from a north to south view or in the ancient mindset as an ascent into jerusalem as a fulfillment of the history showing you how jesus went through all of israel make sense you bet so with all of that said what's our story today other than depressing (laughs) utterly (laughs) now there is an update that's not included here but i'm going to save it till the end just because i want you to i want your blood pressure to get as high as mine did (laughs) because i'm a bad person all right I, i mentioned earlier this is across the pond All right. We had Anglicans last week. We've got English people this week. We're just going to go with that. Yeah. Actually, it's English Catholics this week. This lady's Catholic. Okay. Which I didn't know there were still Catholics in England at this point. but.
2: Yeah, well, there was a massive exodus out of the church and and, into nothingness. A charity volunteer
1: has been arrested and charged on four counts after she told the police she might be praying silently when questioned as to why she was standing on a public street near an abortion facility. Mm. Just let the weight of that sentence yeah. sink in for a second. Yeah, I had to. Th-
2: when I read that, I I paused for a You're minute. Like, Wait a minute. I read it again, and I was like, "Wow." Your man. crime
1: is the possibility of prayer. Yeah, that sounds like a bad evangelical Thought book police right are...
2: There in force now
1: doesn't, doesn't that sound like a bad book some seeker sensitive church would write the possibility of prayer <laughs> <laughs> right next to the honi the circle maker guy you remember that
2: I don't oh you've
1: been count yourself blessed mm. there's a whole circle making craze where some there's some apocryphal Jewish legend about a dude named Honey. and he drew circles around something or it's like either rained inside the circle or it rained outside the circle I can't remember which one And so there was this whole thing about drawing circles around your prayer life, and people were, like, walking in circles around their homes to pray for their families, and this was a thing. wow.
2: Well, they kind of covered that in contemplative prayer. Well, same idea. Labyrinths and stuff like that. But
1: but with some of the voodoo removed. Okay. Which takes all the fun out of it, but— (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah
1: but yeah so yeah this is this is sort of that that would be the possibility of prayer it'd be something related to the circles <laughs> wow. so police approached Isabel von spruce standing near the bpas robert clinic in king's norton i love how they include all these details like i have any idea where any of this is <laughs> oh, yeah right so it's it's in king's norton birmingham birmingham so yeah is that where the beatles were from uh, no they were from liverpool liverpool yeah. that's the other side I, of the I, yeah. country Vaughn Spruce, by the way, this is unrelated to anything. If, if no one has, if, if this, this doesn't matter. You can hate me for this, but I despise hyphenated last names. Pick one. Yeah, right. Just pick one. Right. Anyone. Anyway. Vaughn Spruce was carrying no sign, remained completely silent until approached by officers. Police had received complaints from an onlooker who suspected that Vaughn Spruce was praying silently in her mind. <laughs> I almost need dramatic music was praying silently in her mind. Dun 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 This is crazy. Lightning flashes, the thunder crackles in the distance of the old castle. I mean I what even justify just, such a thing. I wanna just process this picture though. Alright, so you're like, what's an onlooker? Were you waiting for a bus? Were you trying to use the payphone? Are the, do those still exist in England? I have no idea. Don't, don't, don't they have those weird red ones that people pile into? Right, right. Okay. We're just gonna assume that's I, what's going yeah, on. Yeah, I know what you're talking so about. So there was a group I don't of people. Know if they still exist. There was a group of. Here's my story. There's a group of people trying to pile into a phone booth. You know, like put like 30 of them in the phone booth, to take a picture, and while they're waiting their turn to pile in, they looked across the street from the abortion clinic, and there was a person standing there.
2: She must be up to no well, good. Well, no,
1: no, no, You you look first, and you're like, well, this is nothing unusual. You you throw 12 more people in the phone booth, and you look back over and. <laughs> She's still standing there. She hasn't moved. She's not talking to anybody. She's not playing on her cell phone. That's probably the first sign something was wrong.
2: Yeah, she, she was not have playing her face her phone. buried in a yes. phone.
1: So if you're gonna go pray silently in front of abortion clinics, scroll your phone. That'll that'll be your protection, apparently. So so you, you you it starts to nerve you a little bit, see but you go back to your work, you know, you get, you know, four or five more people into the phone booth, you look back over and you know, she's still just standing there. At that point it dawns on you. I'll bet she's praying. Mm-hmm. And your next inclination is call the cops. Call the cops. My goodness, this can't be allowed. We can't have people quietly praying on streets. What is this? A free country?
2: <laughs> it is definitely not. <laughs> what what
1: what What is this? Great Britain? The place where we have king who is literally protector and head of the Church of England? I mean, what, what, what kind of theocratic nonsense is this? Oh, man. you keep forgetting that about england don't you i I did yeah see yeah it's actually actually a theocratic kingdom Mm. the king is the head of the church it's part of the oath is defender of the faith yep it's it's literally a theocracy you're supposed to be anyway (laughs) don't you love it that's that's why the coronation is done by the archbishop of canterbury Man, it all makes sense now. It's I mean the the authority from God to the king. That's that, where the, I mean the concept of the divine right of that's kings. That's study that of history that, for you. you. See, this is why these things. It's literally a theocratic kingdom. I mean,
2: this makes no sense with that. With I I, mind.
1: I this is, but that's what I just love is this person staring at you across the street. First of all, how creepy is that? Yeah. Because odds are they weren't piling people into a phone booth. I just like that visual. Well, what
2: were they doing there? See,
1: see, see. How do I know you weren't praying? Yeah. Huh? Maybe you're over there offering alms to Joe Boo or something. If you don't know who Joe Boo is, you're a better person than I am. (laughs) Do you know who Joe Boo is? No. Oh, Joe Boo is the little voodoo deity of uh, Pedro Serrano in Major League. Okay. I offer Joe Boo rum to take fear from bats. (laughs) I almost bought a bobblehead of Joe Boo years ago, but I thought it might get me fired. (laughs) Where where did you? (laughs) They had it on Amazon. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> it's from the movie Major League, the okay, baseball so movie a with gig. Charlie Sheen. It's a gig I, yeah, yeah, okay. Charlie
2: Sheen.
1: Yeah, Pedro Serrano, the guy who um, the guy who does the Allstate commercials. I
2: remember now. Oh, you know the Allstate man. commercials, the, yes. the tall
1: black guy in the Allstate. That's he plays Pedro Serrano back in mm-hmm. the '80s. Mm-hmm.
2: I remember and, this. And it's now. a
1: great line. He's because he can't hit a curveball. Right. He's a Cuban defector who who defected from Cuba for religious freedom, and his religion is voodoo. And so so he's sitting there, and he's got this shrine in his locker, and he's like, I. A straight ball I hit very far, but curve ball, bats are afraid. I give Jobu ramen cigar and ask him to take fear from bats. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the guys walks up, he goes, have you ever tried taking Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? And he gets it and goes, ah, Jesus, I like him very much, but he no help me now. <laughs> he goes, like, are you trying to say Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? <laughs> it's just awesome. Oh,
2: funny. Man, you have lots of trivia up just in there, you know. Just
1: useless. Full of useless information. That's funny. Full of it constantly. Okay. Hmm. Hey, I heard the joke you people made. I heard, When I said I was full of it, I heard the joke you people made. That wasn't nice. It <laughs> was not nice. <laughs> You're bad people. <laughs> See,
2: he, he's listening to the voices again. I'm telling
1: you. So, but just... I, We have fun with this, but just process how insane this is, that you're sitting around seeing this person minding their own business, not bothering anybody, not talking to anybody, not catcalling, not accosting people, not... Just... And your first thought is, gotta call the cops on that person. They're they're, they're weirding me out, man. (sighs) It's abhorrently wrong that I was searched, arrested, interrogated by police, and charged simply for praying in the privacy of my own mind... That's the best part of this. Right. Literal thought crime. Mm -hmm. Minority report with Tom Cruise is now a thing. Yep. Nobody should ever be subject to harassment, but what I did was the furthest furthest thing from harmful. I was exercis- exercising my freedom of thought, my freedom of religion, inside the privacy of my own mind. Nobody should be criminalized for thinking and for praying in a public space in the UK, said Isabel von Spruce following her arrest for silent prayer. I'm not getting over this. I'm not getting over this. Silent prayer.
2: This is This is the most bizarre thing. I've ever heard.
1: I mean, like if she was, maybe if she was reading imprecatory psalms out loud on a bullhorn. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean. That would
2: be, <clears throat> I mean, it's not like she was yelling, you know, stop murdering the children or. Anything.
1: Yeah, she's yeah. literally just standing there praying. And that's now a crime. Now, this is where. <clears throat> why? Why is this a crime? Why is this a problem? Why is this freaking somebody out? Let's go back to that Matthew 22 section. Remember what we talked about? Jesus attacked which group?
2: Everyone. All
1: of them. Now, did Jesus attack them by physically attacking them? No. But his mere teaching and ministry yeah. undermines the entirety of their worldviews. Yeah. Whether you're a holier-than-thou Pharisee, whether you're a completely pagan-adjacent Herodian, whether you're a corrupted bureaucrat, religious figure, Sadducee, you're all challenged by the ministry and work of Christ. Stumbling block. There it is. Now, always remember, which verse is always in effect? Ecclesiastes is always in effect. Mm -hmm. There is nothing new under (laughs) the sun. Excuse me, sir. I said we're all hacking today. Mm. There is nothing new under the sun. The same attack that was leveled by the gospel back then is the same attack that is leveled by the gospel today. We're joking about the fact that the UK is literally a theocratic kingdom. But does it operate like one?
2: No, it's definitely not.
1: No. It's a it's no longer technically even a kingdom. Right. It's it's some sort of parliamentary monarchy that has still weird rules and rights and privileges of the monarchy. However, it is mostly... A democratic air quotes system because it's a parliamentary system and i mean it, it's only been the last i want to say it's the last 25 years or so where they've actually abolished some of the rules on the house of lords because back in the day the house of lords was literally hereditary you know based on mm-hmm. family i think they've changed some of that and i want to say because i was reading on this the other day i want to say it was the late 90s they made that
2: change I haven't read anything where they that. abolished
1: yeah. actually some of the houses and made the house of commons and the house of lords different anyway
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: So they're still in the process of becoming in air quotes, you know, modern democracy. But why then does the gospel challenge that? Because well when it was a theocratic kingdom, the gospel challenged it because if I actually acknowledge that my authority comes from God, then who is the ultimate authority? It'd be God. God is. Yeah. And this is why if you actually look at the history of England, you see Catholic Henry VIII persecuting Protestants. You then see air quotes Protestant Henry VIII, persecuting Catholics and Protestant dissenters. You see true Protestant Edward um, Edward the Sixth, I think, is his son, not persecuting Protestants at all. Maybe doing some persecution of Catholics. You see Mary, hmm. Bloody Mary, Bloody Mary, yeah. and I and she's Mary Tudor. I, I was trying to get this straight the other day. Always remember it's Mary. I think it's Mary Tudor is. The Queen of England, that's Bloody Mary and then Mary, Queen of Scots, I think is Mary Stuart.
2: Stuart. Yeah, I might different. have those backwards. Uh,
1: one of them's Mary Tudor, uh, one did, of them's
2: Mary Stuart. I did read about but, them once, but I, I can't remember. They're either. not the
1: same person. but you have Bloody Mary Catholic Mary doing what? Persecuting Protestants. Protestants now you right. get Protestant Elizabeth, Elizabeth I. She persecutes some Catholics and some Protestants. Because ultimately, like her at this point, her father, Henry VIII, she is a Protestant royalist, Hmm. and she is an absolutist monarch. So she has to persecute Protestant dissenters, not because they're a challenge theologically, but because they're a challenge politically. To have theological challenges, to have political challenges, and is to undermine the authority of the crown.
2: Oh, wow. So
1: even to this day, the, or even to that day, the gospel is challenging political assumptions and political authorities. Now, fast forward to today. Well, you're going, but it's a secular government now. Why can't it just allow a plurality of religion? Well, it can, as long as that religion doesn't challenge the assumptions and foundations upon which its authority is based.
2: Which means... Man, I, I would have to argue that Islam does that there in England.
1: But Islam is a small minority for now. Mm. For now
2: in yeah. England yeah.
1: and because of the way that their secular system has structured itself, Islam, because of that minority status, is protected. Christianity, because of its historical majority status, is open to attack. That would be one. Mm-hmm. That would be from a purely political science view. Mm-hmm. You have the religious answer. Darkness doesn't fight darkness.
2: <laughs> right. A darkness a fights the against... light. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: So a secular government looks at the false religion of Islam and goes, Oh, buddy, come here, give me a hug. Mm -hmm. We'll be pals and go kill that guy. Sound good? And that's what you're seeing. So how does the gospel then undermine that secular authority? It undermines it by rooting out the foundations. What's the foundation principle of a secular government? Where do rights, authority, and rationality and um, morality come from in a secular system? Well,
2: they're not absolute. They no, are, because they're defined by what? They're defined by who the strongest person is. So in that yeah. system,
1: in a secular system, who grants you your rights? Government does.
2: Government, yeah. So if
1: government decides on Tuesday it's moral, then it's moral. But if on Wednesday the government decides that that same thing that was moral on Tuesday is now immoral, then guess what? You can't do it anymore. Right. So it's now it's an arbitrary system, but it's the system that they have. Our authority rests in us. We have made God in
2: our, our image. image. That's, that's what came to my mind.
1: Christianity comes in and says, oh, no, 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 no. To quote Pierre, au contraire mon frère, our rights and the authority of your government come from God. God. Right. There is an unshakable, unmovable, non-moving standard of morality and decency, and it must be upheld. And a secular government looks at that and says, heretic, hmm. because you have denied our power. You have denied our authority. You are undermining our God. How dare you? Right. To quote the great Greta, how dare you? I've been working on my Greta Thunberg impression. You you ever seen that video? She said to you, how dare you? You've stolen my childhood. How dare you? I, I, it
2: sounds familiar.
1: I'm gonna add her to the. I'm gonna add her to the sound one of these days. Yeah. <laughs> that's what you're seeing in real time. So now, with that in, with that understanding um, undergirding you, now look at silent prayer. Why is it a problem? Because we can't allow any of the heretics to stand. Just like Henry rooted them out, just like Elizabeth rooted them out, just like the Catholic Church and the Spanish Inquisition that nobody suspects. I won't make the joke. (laughs)
2: Mm -hmm.
1: Just like they were all rooted out, what does the secular system do to the heretics? It has to root them out. Yeah, yeah. And this is why you've seen um, great lessons from history. You know none of the secret police of communism were ever large enough to police the whole country, right?
2: Right, right. Like you
1: can't police 10, 20, 30 million people with like a hundred thousand police officers it can't be done
2: well that's why people were they were enlisting the help of other people to tell on other people exactly
1: it wasn't the secret police that got you it was joe down the street who was like i think i think gary's you know not in getting in line with the status quo here i mean tell me you didn't see this the last two years in COVID. regardless of your feelings on COVID. Vaccinations, mask wearing, anything like that. It should still be, regardless of where you stand on any of that, it should be very disturbing to all of us how quickly people got on board with groupthink and how quickly people got on board with things like, we need to call the cops on you because mm-hmm. you had more than 10 people in your living room. Right. How dare you? <laughs> right. I mean, that was, how quickly does that turn? Because what does a secular society create? It creates that level of fealty to the idol. Yeah. We don't acknowledge it as an idol, right. but it's something other than God as the authority. Now, what? You, now, what are you? What are you seeing in this scenario? This woman not bothering anybody. There's no reason for the police to have been called, and yet somebody just standing around going, "You know, that's just a little odd." So I think I'm gonna call the cops, and the cops should have walked out and been like, "What you doing, ma'am? I'm just standing here. Have a nice day."
2: That's what I would have done, but, but they don't.
1: No, nope. because that's part of the rooting it out. So, ah. Uh, The censorship zone was introduced by Birmingham authorities, so they've got these censorship zones around these abortion clinics, criminalizes individuals perceived to be engaging in any act of approval or disapproval or attempted act of approval or disapproval in relation to abortion, including verbal or written means, prayer, or counseling. So they've created a zone around the clinic where you can neither approve or disapprove of it. Yep. So, in other words, we're not going to have an argument about this idea. We're just going to assume that it's good because who said so? They did. I mean, this was, if you remember that show Dinosaurs? Uh, It was an animatronic Jim Henson thing from the 90s. Yeah. I'm the baby, gotta love me. Yeah, not the mama. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember his company that he worked for? Uh
2: Uh-uh.
1: They owned everything. The We Say So Corporation. Oh, my (laughs) God.
2: And that was one of my kids' favorite shows.
1: Go back. I watched, like, I think think we've watched, like, two and a half seasons of it with the kids. We haven't watched it in probably over a year. But watching it again, because I loved it when I, because it was on in the late 90s. Uh Early, mid-90s, I was, like, young kid, early teenager, I think. Watching it again as an adult, I'm like, there were a lot of, like, grown-up, big themes and subtle jabs at... Things like military and government overreach, and like one, like the fact that Earl works for the We Say So Corporation, right? And they own the TV station and the logging company, and they they own everything.
2: I'm gonna have to go back, cause so that was one of my kids' favorite. It was funny. Yeah, I, I always cracked up because the guy kept getting hit in the head. Not, not mama. the mama. Not the mama.
1: <laughs> yeah. I'm the baby. Gotta love me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That was my kid's favorite part. Not the mama. <laughs> now, as part of her conditions for bail, Vaughn Spruce was told that she should not contact a local Catholic priest who was also involved in pro-life work, a condition that was later dropped. So, like, you can go home as long as you don't contact your priest. We don't want you people getting together and having any more of your prayer meetings. <laughs> this, I'm, almost, I'm like... this almost sounds like um, and Schultz from... Yes. Um, from Hogan's Heroes, Hogan's right? Hero. Are you having one of the meetings that we need to know about? Do you need to spend a little bit of time in Zikula? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what this is. Now, we, we send you home. Do not be talking to the priest. No, this would be bad for you, and you would end up back in Zikula. You <laughs> go home, and you do not pray any longer. <laughs> I mean, isn't this what this sounds like, though? Yes. <laughs> Police also imposed restrictions as part of her bail on Vaughn Spruce engaging in public prayer beyond the PSPO area, that's the censorship zone. Stating that this was necessary to prevent further offenses.
2: So where do they get off? I mean so even Wow.
1: So when you go back to the abortion clinic, even if you are not in the zone, do not be praying near the zone. This is for your own good. <laughs> Hey, tell me that's not what they said. Yeah, yeah. Monocle. Sound, it,
2: it's so much better the way you do it, though. <laughs> it's.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like this speech better in the original German.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh my goodness. But I mean, goodness. isn't that
1: what this is? Yes. I mean, you, uh, do this, not be calling the police and do not be having the prayer meetings. This will end badly. I mean, that's think
2: about going- praying anywhere near. I mean, this yeah, or don't about don't this and Don't be talking to your. Don't even think your about priest. your thoughts.
1: <laughs> I mean, think about that. That's Think about her being told not to think about her own thoughts. Yeah, right. Is your head hurt yet? How because, does that work? <laughs> How what? does that
2: work? I, I'm, not, I'm not...
1: I have a migraine now, right? Yeah.
2: Her arrest follows another
1: recent incident in Bournemouth, where a woman was told to leave by local authorities for praying, even outside of the local censorship zone. I forgot to take out the link. Last year, a grandmother from Liverpool, that's where the Beatles are from, Okay. successfully overturned her charge on human rights grounds after she was arrested and fined for praying silently near an abortion facility on a walk during lockdown. Hmm. Excuse me. These people are insane.
2: They are. They've lost now, all um, semblance Isabel of reality.
1: Isabel Vaughn Spruce, mm-hmm. her charges have been dropped. They had to. This was a public relations nightmare. The sad thing is, though, that they're being dropped because basically it's a public relations nightmare.
2: Not because they didn't want to get her. Yeah, but because, because it's not good for them.
1: Yeah, exactly. This is making us this is making us look bad. We, we...
2: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Are we the baddies? <laughs> we, we need to send them a copy of this episode.
1: <laughs> Are we the bad guys in this scenario? That could not be.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: Just, just to ask some more thought crime people. So I'm so sorry, my German is becoming French. You know, I'm t- now, okay. Let's try to make some sense of this. This is what yeah. the gospel does though. Yeah. The gospel undermines worldviews. This is why Peter can tell you things like, um, you know, uh, t- not Peter. Oh, my brain stopped. It is Peter. Yeah, Peter can tell you to take every thought captive. Yeah. To right. think through these things. This is why Paul can tell you to renew your mind. Mm-hmm. This is why James can tell you to have wisdom, to be slow in speech, to be ever thinking, to be evaluating. This is why Jesus can tell you to go unto the ends of the earth, because the gospel is going to have this effect. Even if the Holy Spirit is not converting people, the gospel is going to have this um, this wedge effect. It's going to get into the cracks, the voids, the brokenness of your worldview, and it is going to explode them. That's what the gospel does. It can't help itself. It it exposes the darkness. It shines the light, and it just destroys all of your inconsistencies.
2: Well, it exposes their extreme hate hatred. To a God whom they say doesn't well, exist as well. That's what I was going
1: to say next. Yeah. Because it does that work,
2: yeah. they hate you. Yeah.
1: And why do they hate you?
2: Because they hated him because first. Because they hate
1: God, mm-hmm. and you're bringing the message that reminds me of him, and also it is continually pointing out the broken emptiness of my own worldview. Therefore, to what lengths will the world go to to stop you?
2: Oh, uh, yeah. I well, mean, enemies will become... Allies. We'll
1: arrest you for thinking. We will, we will join forces in every shape, form, fashion because I guarantee you if you asked – and I don't know who the whistleblower is. You know, the person shoving people into the phone booth from earlier. Mm-hmm. If you called them up like out of the blue, like randomly at like 2 o'clock on a Tuesday afternoon during tea time and be like, hey, I got a question for you. Do you think the police should be legislating and governing people's thoughts? You know what that person would say, don't you?
2: Absolutely not.
1: Absolutely not. That's ridiculous. I am offended at the even thought that that would occur in my great country. Mm-hmm. And yet. And yet, no. And that's. And this is what I mean when I say pointing out the inconsistencies. This is why they hate you. Is no, that would be terrible to be policing thoughts, private moments in your own brain. You know, when you're arguing with yourself. Always remember, kids, it's okay to talk to yourself as long as you don't lose the argument. Rules for life. Rules for life. There you go. We've got to put that on a, a Little wisdom tidbits yes. t- t- from <laughs> <Exactly>. Michael.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but they would, they would be aghast at policing thoughts. And yeah, oh, we can't have these Christians having these thoughts. We can't have Christians doing this. Who knows what things they're praying. Now, here's what's funny. This is why I joke about the two things that every angry atheist knows.
2: Mm-hmm. There is no God,
1: and, and I, I hate, hate him.
2: him. Right. Okay. That's one of my favorite things that you say.
1: Here's proof of it. Here's proof of the... the, It's exactly where I was going with it. Here is proof of the veracity of the statement. You ready? Mm -hmm. God doesn't exist. We're a secular nation. Your prayers are pointless. Now stop doing it.
2: (laughs) If he doesn't exist and they're pointless... Then what does it matter? What does it matter to you?
1: Because at the end of the day, we know what?
2: we know they're not pointless exactly. and we know we, they have power
1: exactly because we know that God has power mm-hmm. and we know that I don't and we know that if you keep praying to God that eventually he might actually do something about me and that terrifies me
2: mhm and they don't they don't want the truth they don't want to come to the light they although, they love their darkness
1: although they knew god they did not acknowledge him
2: mhm
1: that's what that's what you're seeing on display yes yeah, your prayers are empty and meaningless and they don't accomplish anything now stop it <laughs>
2: As <laughs> oh, insane as that sounds. But that's what they're doing. That is exactly what they're doing. There
1: is no God, and I hate him. Yep. That's the, this is the, it's the same logical system at work, which, is, again, the gospel exposes that, reminds them of what they know to be true, and that's what they can't abide. This is going to come for everybody. Now, that's why we went to that section in Matthew 22, because the, all that stuff you saw at the beginning of that Matthew 22 section, you see still now in the world, um, that end line is still true, too Mm -hmm. you to Caesar with Caesar. You Mm -hmm. know what? I would like you to back up from the building. Okay, you know what? That's just the dumbest regulation I've ever heard. You know what I'm going to do? I'll back up from the building. Now stop praying. That's going to have to be a no for me, dog. Mm -hmm. I I can't go there. Mm -hmm. I can't surrender my worship to God in order to abide by your insanity. And that's where this leaves you. And that's why Jesus doesn't get mobbed by the crowd. And that's why the Romans don't come after him. Because the Romans are like, yeah, good answer. Yeah. We don't care.
2: You know he was right.
1: Cash the checks. All right, you're going to pay, give us our tax money. We're in. And the crowd went, you know what? He's right. It's Roman coins that we're sitting here using. Yeah, give Rome all their stupid money back.
2: Give it back. We, we follow God. We want on. their money and them out of here. Yeah,
1: ex- exactly. Yeah. The, 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 Fer- the Pharisees are sitting there going, well, that, that went over like a lead balloon. Go team. Go team. Mm-hmm. Next up.
2: <laughs> yeah, there's going to come a point in time where people are going to have to make a choice, whether they're going to mm-hmm. stand up. And, you know, not deny Christ.
1: Well, and here comes the issue. What the woman do? What did good old Isabel Vaughn Spruce actually do to pick
2: this fight? She was just standing there praying to God. So who picked the fight? Evil did. Evil did, of course. Did. Yeah, yeah.
1: They're always going to pick the fight because they can't abide by even... Because, again, right. you standing, she didn't start it. you standing there silently praying is a reminder that there is a God. There's power in prayer. But it's not just that for yeah. the for the pagan. That's a reminder that mm-hmm. there is a God, mm-hmm. and that He is sovereign, and that His wrath abides on me, and I will be judged by it.
2: Yeah.
1: And I hate that. You're so the you wrong need to stop team. it. You need to stop reminding me of these yeah.
2: things. Don't tell me I'm going uh, <laughs> going a, down the wrong path.
1: It's a weird little world. Have we missed anything? No. All right. So what have we learned here today, children? The world is ever pushing. Yeah. We must be certain as to our motivations. And we cannot cede our worship unto this world. We worship and serve God and God alone. So be ready. Be warned. It's coming for all of us, hopefully later than sooner, but I doubt that. I doubt that too. So sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts. (laughs) Always be ready. And until we meet again, read your Bible. It'll do you good. Bye. Bye.